Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. So on today's intro, Linda, I wanted to read you out something I saw. And actually, a listener sent me this on Instagram. It's called 129 Ways to Get a Husband. It was in a 1958 magazine. So I actually read through these with Ruby and we kept saying, but Linda would actually think that's a good idea. Like there's, there's 1958. One. I wasn't even born. Yeah, thank but you, you very probably much. would agree with some of these. So I wanted to read probably. out a few of them and see what you think. Okay. All right. So number two, have your car break down at strategic places. Hundred percent. I already brought that up as an option, hanging around car. Yep. You did. Yes, you did. (laughs) This is funny. Listen to this one. Read the obituaries. Read the obituary. How do you say that? Read the obituaries to find eligible widowers. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Become a nurse or an airline stewardess. They have a very high marriage rate. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was considering a career change to a flight attendant because they get to travel so much. That would be the most exhausting job. I did see the flight attendant that show and that kind of put me off. Yeah. But I think if you love to travel, it would be good. Okay, next, don't be afraid to associate with more attractive girls. They may have some leftovers. This is shocking. This is <laughs> This is the worst, the worst advice. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, just saying. <laughs> so wait. This is a good one, actually. When traveling, stay at small hotels where it is easier to meet strangers. I agree with that. Mm, good for your age group. Okay, this this is this one's fucked up. Wear a band-aid. People always ask what happened. That is <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> advice to get a husband. That never works. Well, you'd need to bandage up your arm or something significant. Yeah. <laughs> that could work. Try it. How's this? Stand in a corner and cry softly. Chances are good <laughs> that he'll come over to find out what's wrong. Uh, Seriously, um, that's worth giving a go to. In, what would, where would you stand in a corner? In a and, cafe or and something? Cry, and cry softly. <laughs> Let's try that at my oh my next time yep. they're open. Okay. Oh, this one's a simple one. Laugh at his jokes. I mean, uh-huh, that's just yes, stupid. Well, that's just obvious. This is so funny accidentally, in air quotations, have your purse fly open, scattering its contents all over the street. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could fall down in the park. Yeah, that's a good one. And stay lying down. All right, next is wear high heels most of the time. They're sexier. Ruby and I were like, mum would agree with that. (laughs) Mum would be like, yes, that's good. I have to say I do agree with that. Yeah, you agree with that. Is there anything about pets, like borrow a dog and take it for a walk if you don't have one? Yeah, there was one about yeah, there's that one about, holds true today. Get a dog and walk it was number yes. one actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, use the ashtray. Don't crush out cigarettes in coffee cups because oh. people used to smoke oh. a lot back then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your parents treat him like a potential husband. <laughs> Next one. When you're out strolling with him, don't insist on stopping at every shop window. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is not true, Rob. Happily, happily stops at every window with me. 
Find out about the girls he hasn't married. Don't repeat the mistakes they made. Oh, my God. Jeez. Never let him believe your career is more important to you than marriage. (laughs) Great advice. (laughs) Point out to him that the death rate of single men is twice that of married men. I think that might be true. Uh, I think think men do better married. We've got some wild ideas to finish off. So I'm just going to run through some of these. Go to Yale. What the fuck? Get a hunting license. Hang on, hang on, hang on. This is for the women. Go to Yale. Get a hunting license. Oh, no way. Stand on a busy street corner with a lasso. Lasso? Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Carry a camera and ask strange handsome men if they would mind snapping your picture. That's quite a good one, actually. Don't mind that. Quite good. Yeah. Make and sell toupees. Bald men are easy catchers. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is appalling. Where did you find this? Oh, it was on Instagram. It's like some historical leaks Instagram page. right, right, right. So the last one is don't marry him if he has too many loose buttons. The end. Too many loose buttons so that you don't have to sew them on. Crazy, right? So I'm glad we've wasted 10 minutes and got no (laughs) tips whatsoever. (laughs) No, no tips whatsoever, but that's okay. So on today's episode, we have life coach Megan. You'll hear all about her in the interview. We are talking about dating by your values and green, red, and yellow flags. I'm very excited to welcome Megan Luscombe to the podcast. Megan is a relationship and life coach. I follow her on Instagram and I love everything that you do on Instagram and all the stuff that you talk about. And I did see you posted something about values and I was like, oh, it's such a good topic because it's all about values when dating for me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get you on to have a chat about red flags, green flags, but then also a bit more about values. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. I would love to start with, you actually did a post on your Instagram about this. How does one spot red flags? And can you give some examples of that is a red flag that you should keep your eyes out for. Uh, I think it's really important to remember that. Obviously, there are three contexts of flags. We generally go to green and red, Mm -hmm. but there's yellow in between. And you need to spot yellow flags. We want you to be spotting yellow ones because red (laughs) flags can be a bit more obvious. So when I say obvious, I mean, obviously, we're talking about somebody who is physically abusive. We know that that's a red flag straight away. What we don't know is are they emotionally abusive? Mm. And emotional abuse is definitely something that can fly under the radar, especially when it comes to gaslighting, Mm. manipulating us into thinking things and not feeling things. And that's the yellow flag territory we really need to be going into. So I would deem a red flag as something that goes not only against your values, but it goes against your emotional and physical safety. Yeah. It doesn't need to be all happening at once. It may be this goes against my emotional safety, it goes against my values, or it goes against my physical safety. And they're the things that you know intrinsically they're not sitting well with you. You question them immediately. Mm. It might be how they treat their pets or they treat animals. That's a generally a really key indicator of how a person's going to show up in life. If they're abusive to animals, that's a red flag straight away. How they treat other people, weight stuff, I mean, that's really an indicator mm. as well. And sometimes that can go from yellow flags to red flags pretty quickly. But a red flag is something that doesn't make you feel safe. It doesn't make you feel seen, heard, valued, respected. 
and it causes you to question things. Red flags is all about personal and emotional safety. I've not heard the term yellow flag before. So (laughs) yellow flag must be, they must be harder to spot. Mm, They are. What is a yellow flag and what kinds of things would you be looking for? Yeah, so a yellow flag, the things that I'm looking for in people, and let's say if I'm working with couples or I'm meeting people for the first time, like when it comes to interactions in life, things I'm looking for are how they speak about their partner, how they speak about themselves, how they speak about their past, their actions. I'm also looking for if they're passive-aggressive if they are using gaslighting behaviours, manipulating tactics. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, I say a joke which is something that I understand because I'm the person who's telling the joke, right? So I know the punchline, Mm -hmm. I know what's going on. And the person who's on the receiving end says the joke is stupid, it doesn't make sense, and that I really need to learn how to tell it better. Mm -hmm. So all of those are emotionally manipulative statements. Mm-hmm. because they cause the person who was told the joke, me in this instance, to question not only myself but my delivery of something that I clearly know very well. And that's how we see the beginning stages of somebody who can be an emotional abuser, an emotional manipulator, and somebody who gaslights you. Also, I'm looking for negs. And when I say negs, it's N-E-G. Oh, negging. Yeah, negging. Don't eat. That to <laughs> me was like... I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, negging. I'm yeah. like, as soon as it happens now, big yeah. no. Yeah, and it's a huge no. It's not a turn on, it's a turn off. And it is, it is a yellow flag because everybody has been ingrained with negging. That it's it's mm. how people show they're flirting, it's how people show that they're into you by sort of dismissing you and then putting it under the guise of a compliment or, you know, like, mm. oh, you got a, you know, you got a new haircut. Oh, do you keep the receipt? Mm. Yeah. Like things like this, where you go, that's actually really bloody mean like that's not nice at all and negging is something that can go into a red flag if we don't address it immediately because a lot of people unconsciously neg Mm. but they don't know that they're negging so for me as an example with my own yellow flags and Mm -hmm. it is hard to spot like I I don't like walls up, walls that can't be broken down, Mm -hmm. like people that are just emotionally completely closed off and you just know that like, so is there sort of a difference between say there's a guy or a girl that you're dating and you see that they're emotionally, their wall is up, Mm -hmm. you can see that there is opportunity for them to meet you somewhere at some point. Is that something that if you tell someone how you're feeling and they take that feedback on board? Because there's so many, I would have a million yellow flags, but I'm open to feedback. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and look, we all have yellow flags. I think it's really important to remember that. Some of us have red flags yep. as well yep. that um, maybe we don't know about yet and they haven't been addressed. And a lot of us don't realise we have yellow or red flags until we're in a romantic relationship dynamic. So I yep. think what's important to recognize is we are quite quick to point out other people's red flags or other people's Mm. toxic behaviors but it's really important that we step in front of that and go okay well I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some as well because you are yeah like we all do yeah and it doesn't make us bad humans but I think what's important is if you're in a yellow flag territory and you see something that you want to address like say somebody's got their walls up it's important to remember that it's not your responsibility to take those walls down we're not carpenters and it's not our Mm. job to pry away at somebody in the hopes that we'll finally get to the pot of gold. Mm. It's about being able to say to them, hey, I noticed your walls are up. And for me, that's not something that I'm interested in repairing for you. It's something that I hope you're interested in repairing yourself because I'm really Mm. interested in getting to know you. Yeah. The whole walls up 
it's become a bit more of a focus, I think, in recent times that people see it as more of a, an objective. I'm going to help them bring their walls down. I'm going to help them come out of their shell. It's not your job. Mm. That's why therapists exist. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. And I wanted to ask you this question. Do you attract where you are in your life? Because I would say a couple of years ago, I had walls up fully mm-hmm. and I guess I was attracting walls up kind of people. And so we never, neither of us ever had to go any deeper than mm-hmm. where we were at. Like that's what I was attracted to. And so now that like I have done all that work on myself, therapy, blah, 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 I am not attracted to that anymore. I'm attracted to Mm -hmm. like vulnerability and openness, not straight away, but like you can see that it's there. So are you sort of attract, like, do you attract where you are, I guess, in your life? Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people will say, you know, like you attract these type of people, like sort of like you're a beacon and they sort of just sort of find you because you're like this lighthouse and you're just pulling them in. (laughs) You're pulling them in. You're like this mermaid siren. And it's not that you attract them, it's that you actively seek them. Mm. You were looking for these people. It's not the other way around. You're not yeah. a magnet. They're not drawn to you. You're drawn to them and you're drawn to them because they match where you're at right now. And, mm. and that's why we can tend to put ourselves in the same relationship dynamic multiple times because we haven't done the work in order to either repair trauma or to move past what the blocks are that we're experiencing. So I always like to tell people that it's not about you attracting because that makes you not the driver. That makes Mm. you not in control. But when you say, when you instead turn it around and go, no, you're actively seeking these people out because they mirror where you are right now, then it gives the person time to go, do I still want to be that person? I think um, I saw Sex with Emily did a post on her Instagram, which was like her best dating tip was go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but that's so true. And it's so true. Because, Best dating tip. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, we've all got triggers. We've all got parts of ourselves that we're not yet aware of. And sometimes it's having a, an objective person to be able to say, hey, do you realize that you're doing this? And where is that belief mm. coming from? I think that there's also a tendency for, like, say, women to blame it's them and it's like like we're always kind of blaming the other person or the other group of people what are your thoughts on that yeah well I think it's really easy to always cast the judgment to someone else I think we always Mm. would rather somebody else be wrong than us because it takes a stab at our own ego our own identity but people need to realize that if you can actually take accountability you'll get through it a lot quicker because that's how you actually heal oh I thought years ago, not having luck, I always was like, it's them. But it's so funny since I've changed and my mindset has changed, dating is just so much better. Yeah. But I I can look back on it now and go, you were a red flag. Like you're the (laughs) yellow flag. Like you were displaying flags that they would have been like, no, this girl's not done. Like I wasn't open enough. And that's okay. Mm, Yeah. It's okay to look back on who you were. It's always important to look back on who you were because then you get to go, okay, I've changed that. You know, I've grown. I've become a different person. I think what is really important is that people always take that frame of mind into dating and the dating experience that we can only learn. We only know when we know. 
Yes, that is so true. <laughs> it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. That's right. I liken it to it's like you've opened a jar, like this whole openness thing, mm-hmm. and you just can't go back to That's where right. you were. Like you can't go back to those guys because you've already opened this jar up. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And I mean, that's what the dating process should be. You should never go backwards. You might stay stuck, but always go forward. Yeah. So we've talked about red flags, yellow flags. What is a green flag? I would say green flags is everything that you're proud to be around and talk about. They're the calm and comfort. You know, I think green flags are things we don't even really need to talk about because they're so easily identifiable. Like mm. they respect me. They they check in with me. They ask how I'm going. They want to catch up with me. They put in effort with me. They they ask how work is. It's common decencies and respectful behaviours. They're the green flags. Like it's just not playing games. Yeah. There's no games. And it's funny because when we were saying it's where you're at, I used to like games where I loved it. But like mm-hmm. that to me, looking back, it's like, yeah, because that was you. <laughs> <laughs> so I you think know, it's really it. true. When you're ready for that, you're ready for it. Yeah. And green flags is all about clarity and calm. Mm. And I think yellow flags represents confusion and a little bit of hesitancy Mm. I think red flags represent threat emotional or physical danger and a necessity to leave so if you look at green flags as more of a state of oh this feels really good I don't question things I feel really respected and valued and heard and cared for and loved it's just this feeling of peace it's a contentment I think you don't question anything And that to me is a good sign of what a person might identify as a green flag. Yeah. Do you think in terms of green flags, do you think that it's like back to sort of my example, like with guys that don't have their walls up, Mm. it is hard to spot, but -hmm. then it's easy to spot the ones that are like absolutely shut down and emotionally unavailable. That's really easy to spot. But I feel like I'm always looking for something that's like, you know, if you ask them how they're doing in lockdown, it's not like everything's amazing. Like they're willing to say it's been like a bad. Yeah, totally. I've had guys shut that question down and change the topic. Mm -hmm. And that might be a cause for concern. Yeah. You know, it's it's always making sure you're aware of the redirection. Mm, Like what is happening when that question isn't being answered. Because obviously a person has boundaries and there are some things people don't want to talk about. Totally. But it's important if we are being redirected that we're being guided to the redirection. So let's say, for example, you say to me, oh, how are you finding lockdown? And yeah, I might turn around and say to you, look, it's not something I really want to talk about right now. I'd rather just focus on the positives because of ABC. Right? So I put the boundary out and I've redirected you, but I've given you direction for why I'm choosing the redirection. Yeah. And then you get to decide oh, well, actually, no, either I really want to talk about it, so I'm not happy to continue engaging in this conversation, or you get to go, okay, cool, we can come back to it in a few days. I, I love that. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, um, it's the honesty, I think. There's yes. like a level of honesty yeah. and turning up with honesty. Yeah, I like that. Absolutely. So you do a lot of work on mindset. I personally feel I speak to a lot of women on Instagram about dating. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that's become quite apparent to me in my own dating and people that I know is the biggest issue being with apps, dating apps is mindset. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, Look, I think dating apps have allowed us to come to our own conclusions quite quickly. They've also made 
dating a bit more transactional yes, as opposed to connection-based, which is what dating yes. used to be before sort of these apps existed. And these apps can bring about really good relationships. So it's really important to remember that there's positives and negatives to everything. And if you're on a dating app, it's not a negative. It's about having an expectation of what you want from it and what you are expecting to gain from it. And mindset when it comes to dating on dating apps is knowing who you are and who you're showing up as and what you expect in return. And keeping in mind that we get to present our best selves on dating apps. We get to present our best selves on social media. Anything that you hold in your hand on the phone is basically you presenting a version of yourself that you want other people to see. So maybe that's something that I would encourage people to take into consideration when it comes to their own mindset of dating. Are you showing up as who you are? Because if you are showing up as who you are, then that's one part of the mindset you don't need to focus on. And you can instead focus on just authentic connections and keeping in mind that some people on dating apps aren't willing to give that, which is the disappointing part. But we can only focus on how we're showing up and who we're being on the dating apps. And if that's true to who we are, fantastic. Some people will align with us, some people won't. And it's remembering that we're not for everyone and not everybody is for us. Uh, a girl just before was was asking me about it and I think like for me one of the things that I need to do is because of that transactional nature is like taking a break is just like the best thing that I've implemented mm-hmm. and then coming back with like a positive fresh mindset and yep. I really liked what you said about turning up as yourself mm-hmm. because I feel 100% you try to be someone that's sexier or funnier or and then I think that leads to more disappointment in, in yeah. the future because it's not truly who you are. Yeah, it does. And, and I think what's important to remember is if you are using a dating app and not showing up as yourself, over time, if you do get to know this person, who you are is going to come out. Mm. We can't wear masks forever. And we generally can only present ourselves in a false setting for a few months at a time. It's why we tend to, a lot of girls will revert to the cool girl. Mm. You know, everything's, I'm really chill, I'm really this, I'm really that, and then all of a sudden... I don't care what you're looking for. I'm just... I'm here for a good time. And it's like, I do care. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and also men as well. Men play the cool guy, you know, like I'm really not phased by anything. Nothing makes me jealous. I'm just not controlling. Yeah. But, you know, people, you you will become exposed. And Mm. I think what's important to remember is if you're showing up as yourself and you always know that you are who you are, then that removes such a large chunk of pressure, not only from you, but in the dating landscape. I also think what's important to remember is just because a lot of people are on a particular dating app doesn't mean that that's the dating app for you. Yeah. There are so many dating apps that have really different ways to connect with people all the way from, you know, your RSVPs, eHarmonies to your Tinders. So I think it's important to research the dating app that you want and the experience you're looking for so you're not only aligning yourself with the dating experience but the general feel of the dating app because they all serve great purposes. They all serve incredible purposes for whatever stage you're looking for. But I think it's important that people take more initiative in researching and understanding the app and the goal of the app or the feel of the app before they put themselves in a situation where they aren't feeling maybe connected to the people that they're potentially swiping on. Yeah, that's... That's really good advice. And I just wanted to go back to you 
about the whole turning up as yourself thing. Yes. So I'm very much about dating aligning to values as opposed to just physical attraction. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen you talk a lot about values. Why is it so important to understand who you are and what your values are before you kind of throw yourself into the dating world? Because over time, your values will be tested together if you start dating this person. Mm-hmm. And values make or break a relationship, especially when it comes to things that are intrinsically important to us. If I'm dating somebody who doesn't support equality and isn't a feminist, then Mm -hmm. we're going to have some really big conflicts over time and that's going to lead to resentment. Yeah. So if you don't know the things that are intrinsically part of you, then somebody else who gets to know you can't get to know them either. And I hear a lot and see a lot where I work with couples where they'll be sitting in front of me and they've been together for five years and all of a sudden I want kids and ah, oh, the other person doesn't. And that's always that's mm. always been. But what do you mean it's always been? How have you known this about each other <sighs> and not actually really sat down with that thought? You know, like values are things that obviously as we grow, they can evolve and they can change. But there is always going to be probably five to seven that are set in stone. Yeah. And if you find out your set in stone ones <laughs> sooner rather than later, Yes, you are able to meet somebody and become a lot more transparent as to the things that you're wanting to align with in the future. Because, you know, that lust, that chemistry, that intensity over time, that's not going to be there to keep you motivated in the relationship. You're going to need shared values and shared alignment. So working out your values. And when I say values, I don't just mean my value is happiness. It's a very generic Mm -hmm. type of value. (laughs) Um, I mean that, you know, my value is happiness and this is what happiness looks like to me in relationships. Don't just pick words, pick actual verbs that demonstrate the value. And I think if people understood their values immediately, they would be in a more comfortable position to connect with somebody long-term. And that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for long-term. I like what you said about the, like, you've got to define what that word means. So I have five core values that haven't changed in the past probably like few years, but I have like a descriptor. I wrote down like, what does that mean? Like one of mine is freedom. Freedom is a very general word and can mean, but I was like, okay, I need to define this. Mm -hmm. How would you like, in terms of values exercises, where would people start? And then, you know, how would they do that whole exercise? Yeah. So what I generally say for people is when it comes to values, go to Google and type in value list. And Mm -hmm. Google is going to spit you out so many images of just a piece of paper with all these words on it. Go through that list and pick out your top 30 favorite words, 30 of them. And that's a lot, right? Once you've got that 30, condense it to 15. And once you've got the 15, condense it to seven. Now we've got your tiers. We've got your tiered values. Okay, so your tiered values, your first seven, they're going to be the ones that are intrinsically you. So you might say freedom is in my top seven and freedom to me looks like personal independence, being able to do this, blah, blah, blah. Give it a a descriptor exactly like you said. And then you might do that for the rest of the seven. Then you might go, okay, for the ones that are in the 15, I'm also going to explain those, but these values are who I'm going to maybe double check when it comes to the friends that I'm allowing into my life as well. And then when it comes to the 30, it's these are the people that I want to have interactions with. Maybe the people in the 30, you don't want to date them. Maybe the seven and the 15 are your dateables. 
but it's about knowing that values need to be something that you can not only describe to yourself, you need to be able to describe it to somebody else. Yeah. Because if I yeah. just say to you, oh, my value is independence, well, what type of independence am I talking about? Am I talking about career independence, family independence, friendship independence, personal independence? So say, for example, you said freedom was yours, and that's a fantastic start point. So I would say, okay, so what does freedom look like in your friendships, in your family, in your romantic dynamics, and in your dynamic with yourself? So it's a way for you to be able to understand the levels of that value and what it actually does in all of your interpersonal relationships. And that's what makes the difference. Yeah, with freedom, if you said that to a date, they might be like, oh, you mean freedom like non-monogamy or, you know, that might. But for me, freedom is like I want my lifestyle to be, I guess, designed in a way that I'm not chained to a desk between nine till five and that I have the freedom to set my own schedule. Like that's super important to me. And so I guess when I do meet guys, like it's not that they have to have the exact same lifestyle, but like it's more about an openness to like talking about a different type of lifestyle where we're not chained to desks five days a week. Exactly. Like I went on a date recently with a guy that works until, you know, two in the morning and I was like, Mm. yeah, I don't think we may have been aligned in the past, but I don't think your lifestyle would really suit where I'm at and what I'm looking for. And that's exactly why. We have those conversations because if yeah. you said freedom and not being chained to a desk, and if you met somebody who was very mindset of a traditionalist when it comes to, you know, back yep. obviously in, you know, I would say the olden days as to how we, <laughs> you know, how relationships were, but he might have a cultural expectation where for him he wants his partner to be at home, to be with family, and that's and for you you'll go, that's not freedom for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So I think what's really important is to remember that we can meet somebody and share our values. And if they don't have that same value, that doesn't make them bad people or it doesn't, it just makes us not aligned because every value to a person serves a a purpose for them. And I think it's just so crucial that we don't meet somebody and because we don't have the same value that we ride them off as a bad person. It's just, Mm. we don't share the same yeah. I mean, obviously there are some values where you would go, okay, that's pretty, <laughs> that's stuffed up. Like obviously yep. there are some things, but it's important to remember that our value misalignment will not always necessarily be something huge and dramatic and, and really bad. Sometimes it might be something simple as, oh, for me, freedom is important and I want to be able to call my own hours and I want to be able to travel and do things. And their value might be, oh, actually, no, I want to move to the country and have a family life and mm. I want to set up a farm and that's where I want to be full time. And that's that's a value that's just not going to work. And it's not because either of you are bad people. It's just yep. your intrinsic values are just completely in opposite directions. I really love chatting about values because it's been such an important part of dating becoming way better. Like, honestly, if you're having a bad time dating, I think start with that exercise because I think it sets you up for like, what am I really looking for? And like, I had a guy say to me, we kind of went on three amazing dates with amazing chemistry Mm -hmm. but we got to the end of the three dates and we were like we are not aligned on values and that was sort of the end of it there and I went away from that and I was like god that was so mature yeah we are really adulting it's a really mature way to date that's a great way to date and it's also a great way to be able to leave the dating experience and to have it still have been a positive outcome 
Yes. Like, yeah. We don't need to go on these dating experiences and things don't always have to end in negativity or yeah. wasting of time and things like that. Like it's great to have insane chemistry with people. That's fun. Yeah. Like that's the best part of dating. Chemistry is incredible. Yeah. But it's also okay to be able to realise that the person we have really great chemistry with is actually not the person who we want to align ourselves with in a romantic sense for, you know, long term. It might be somebody who you enjoy in, you know, having experience with now and that's okay. But once you know your values, you can get to that conclusion a lot quicker. Yeah, so. totally. Well, this has been such a great chat. I would love to know where can people find you if they want to hear more about you and what you do? Well, they can find me on Instagram. That's generally where I spend half of my life. <laughs> it's, um, Same. Uh, at Megan Luscombe underscore. And I'm, I tend to be there talking, sharing content and obviously sharing the things that I'm doing in my life and the things that I'm working on. I've got some workshops coming up that are just online downloadable because I'm about to go into maternity leave, which is really exciting. Basically, everything that they could find about me would be via Instagram. So I feel like that's just a really good place to direct them. (laughs) I will put your Instagram in the episode notes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Megan. It was so great to chat about values. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Linda, what did you think? Well, I'd never heard of a yellow flag, barely even a red. So I get that it's not a deal breaker, but it might make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Has it happened to you recently? Any yellows? Yes. There's always yellow flags. I think everyone has yellow. I think everyone has some yellow flags. I have yellow flags, I would say. I know. I'll get to those. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I did have that guy who was pretty weird on a date and I would say I, not that I felt in danger, but I felt quite uncomfortable. So I would have said he was being so rude about women. And so I felt that was definitely some red flags. Yeah. So I was trying to think back 34 years ago, I had a few yellow flags with Rob, but I chose to ignore those and they've never (laughs) turned into red flags. And that's because, I mean, there are some things that you can't accept, but a lot of them people change and mature. And I just think with any long-term relationship, things move on and you've got your ups and downs and you grow and evolve together. So I'm not sure that you should take too many yellow flags too seriously. So when I met Rob, I'd been told and then I saw for myself that he had a pretty decent pile of girls' names and numbers. So I reckon that would be a flag. If that happened to me now, he wouldn't even get past (laughs) the third date. Well, you see, (laughs) you might have to just ignore them. And some other silly things. Sorry, if I turned (laughs) up at a guy's house and he had piles of girls' numbers. Well, no, a decent I, pile. <laughs> I He should clean that up before you come over. I That's know. just rude. A, he forgot. B, you, he didn't Sorry, tra- but you sound desperate. B, 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 A, there was that. B, the sheets were dirty. C, the bed wasn't made. So maybe that was too many yellow flags. I chose to ignore them. Mm-hmm. So he was in a share house, which was fine because I was too, and Look, he wasn't tidy. The bathroom was not clean. And then there were other things like he didn't like dinner parties because he couldn't really actually sit still for very long. Mm. But 
all of that eventually changed. And when you look at it today, he likes everything really tidy and he's happy to sit at a dinner table, but just not for too long. He has changed. But that's what I mean, people change. And then he Mm -hmm. was a very, as I've said before, a keen camper when we met. So that should have been maybe a yellow flag for me because I was pretending to be a happy camper, but obviously I wasn't. But now he won't go camping, so we are aligned, so things Mm. change. I think the issue is when a couple stays together and they don't change together. I think that's when people come. Unstuck. Well, you think of how many people get divorced. True, true, true. I mean, you guys are pretty lucky in the sense that you've both change together whereas I think some people change and they both become too different and it depends on the seriousness of the flag so would I be considered a yellow flag because I'm just so involved in your life I think we're too involved so if we never called you you would never call us like I think it's the other way around I think we're too involved oh so so I see so I'm not I'm not the yellow so if you and dad got divorced and you met some other guy, (laughs) your daughters would be his yellow flags because we're calling you constantly. Ah, okay. I did ask Rob before, was there any flags when he met me? And he said he wasn't looking for faults and therefore (laughs) did no, and therefore didn't find any. Seriously. Oh, God. I just think in our day we all got married regardless of so-called flags We didn't know what a flag was. Maybe that was for the best. (laughs) That's my take on it. So You have to remember, though, you have to remember that we have access to thousands and thousands of eligible people online now. So you do need a filtering system to say this is aligned, this isn't aligned, because otherwise you literally would have thousands of potentials. In your day it was like, oh, that guy looks okay. Well, he's the only person <laughs> in my in my um That's the, true. you know, he's the only guy at the party that I'm into. So it's just it's completely different time now. Yes, it is. So I thought of some top yellow flags for you to watch out for. And you can sure. tell me if you agree. Are these my yellow flags? Are you these are things that you need to watch out for. Okay. I certainly would be, but they're lighthearted. They're not terribly serious. So sure. being late a few times can be fine, mm-hmm. but not valuing other people's time ever is just disrespectful. And I sure. am always on time. What about you? I'm always I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with my time. So if someone was late for three dates, would you give up on them? No. I, that's not it's just not part of my So that's not a flag. No, not a flag for me. Okay. Flaking is a big one though. I don't like flakers even though I used to be one. Being rude to staff in restaurants or in shops, can't yes. stand that. Mm-hmm. Yep, agree. A smartphone addiction, if they can't go more than five minutes without checking their phone, actually that might be one for your future partner. <laughs> and my last one is when they get in your car and change their radio station, and actually Rob does that when he borrows my car. I'm on Smooth FM. He changes it to a news station. I get back in my car and go, bloody Rob. <laughs> That's that's pretty <laughs> innocuous, but okay. So did I get yellow flags wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I was looking online at some like yellow flags and one of the yellow flags listed in this article, which I want to say is a green flag for me, 
they had as a yellow flag they are too close to their mother and I think the opposite I feel like a green flag is if they're like as close to their mum as I am to you like I love guys that love their mums yes a couple of yellow flags for me is like if it's everyone else's fault if everything that happens to them is Mm. everyone else's fault so like things that happen at work ex-girlfriends yes everything is someone else's fault I think that shows that they can't reflect on themselves and I probably used to be like that but like I'm not like that anymore so I can kind of see Mm. my part in things The other thing that happened to me more recently was like this guy, literally it was like a monologue. He was just like talking in monologue style, like 10 minutes. Without drawing breath? Without like two-way conversation. Mm. And it was like to me that is someone that's like extremely not self-aware at all. Mm. But did you give any indication were you glazed over? I mean, don't people know? Yeah, 100% glazed over. I couldn't, I was like Mm. almost falling asleep. Yeah, I think they're my like main yellow flags so on a completely different subject because you've posted a bit of j-lo and ben Mm -hmm. i have been wondering if j-lo ever returned ben's six carat pink diamond engagement ring that he gave her in 20 what was it 2002 yeah from harry winston cost approximately 1.2 million so if he proposes again does he have to get her another engagement ring or can he re-gift that ring again do we even know where the ring is no i have no idea i feel like that would be weird to give her the same that would be mean to jennifer garner if he still had it <laughs> oh you like, think he sold he, it like if he still had it and he's like you know hidden away you know safe. I have read that she kept it. So I'm very curious to know if she pulls it out again. So if you were given an engagement ring, 1.2 million behind my back, uh, not yet 1,200, whatever, (laughs) would you return it if you didn't end up getting married? I agree. I would too. I think technically you don't have to give it back, but yes, I would. Particularly if they Mm. paid for it I mean, if we split it and paid for it 50-50, well, then no, we'd sell it and get the money oh, back. Oh, hey, maybe J-Lo bought it herself and that's why she maybe kept it. I'm sure there's an article on this. <laughs> I could not find where that ring went. As for the whereabouts of the ring, Lopez's former publicist said that the 52-year-old still has the trinket from her and Affleck's former engagement, oh. telling mm. the outlet, as far as I know, Jen has never returned the ring. There you go. Well, that is it for this week and we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 